are listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of ICMforum.com. And you can just feel the Christmas spirit, can't you? Yuletide is here. I have this great public domain track in the background. The mood is already set for me. All I have to do is speak slowly, calmly, and suit you into the festive mood we hope we'll be able to keep alive even as the Christmas music stops. So, welcome back everyone. I'm Chris, and in this, our first season finale, Talking Images is Talking Christmas. We're also going to be talking a little bit about New Year's, but as in the film industry, New Year is really just an afterthought. 2020 is nearing its end, or if you are listening to this, gearing up for 2021, 22, 30, 40, or any later date, the end of whichever year you're in. And wow, thank you. Sending warm Christmas shares to everyone in 2072. And we want to celebrate by not just talking about our favorite Christmas films, but talk about Christmas as a time and setting for movies. It is genuinely incredible how some traditions are born. Across the world, families sit down to watch the same animated shorts or just classic shorts, feature films, and anything you can imagine year after year after year. But what are these films? Do our home countries have any particular quirks? How do we gear up for the festive season? Do we just watch an incredible amount of Christmas films? So, how early do we start? And let's not forget about, you know, all those presents under the tree. We will be diving into some of the best film presents we have ever received. So, let's start talking Christmas, or for me specifically as the resident Norwegian, Yule. As I am joined by three absolutely wonderful co-hosts, Adam, Saul, and Mathieu, covering four countries and two continents. So let's kick this uh, Christmas podcast off with warm Christmas shares. So just jump right in, guys. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Mathieu from France. Hi, I'm Saul from Australia. Hi, I'm Adam from Scotland. And with that nice international mix, let's just kick up with a very soft question. Are you a Christmas person? Well, I guess I wouldn't think of myself that way, but I do like Christmas. For me, it's a family thing and I have a big family, so it's an opportunity to see my siblings. So I enjoy Christmas, but I don't like look forward to it for three months beforehand or have a lot of decorations or stuff like that. I mean, I enjoy Christmas in and of itself, but I don't know that I would consider myself specifically a Christmas person. No, I don't think I consider myself to be a Christmas person. Um, I, I'm not a Christian myself. I wasn't raised celebrating Christmas and I never have. In the workplace, obviously Christmas things do go around and you participate in order to be a part of things, but I wouldn't say I'm particularly a Christmas person, except when it comes to Christmas movies. I have quite an affinity for Christmas horror movies, which we'll hopefully get into later on tonight. Well, I would definitely say I'm a Christmas person. I'm an atheist. My parents are atheists. So what I consider to be Christmas is a bit different from what it traditionally was. But I still love Christmas. And I think, especially since I moved to London, going back home for Christmas for a couple of weeks still means a lot to me. And I have a young nephew and niece. So having kids around, I think, makes Christmas a lot better as well. I, mean, I, I think I've gone a bit back and forth on the how much of a Christmas person I am. I, I think traditionally, not so much, though I absolutely loved it as a kid. But for the last five, six years or so, I think I've been getting more and more into the spirit. Especially because I've been going up to Adam's Neck in the woods in Northern England and Scotland, exploring the Cumbrian Mountains and the snow, etc., in the midst of uh, the Christmas season. That's absolutely fantastic and gets you into the Christmas mood every single time. I, I just love the way you guys do, you know, Christmas markets and uh, everything else about Christmas. It just lights up. It's lovely. Funny because I associate Christmas markets and stuff like that to, with Germanic countries. I thought that was also the case in Scandinavia, but I guess not. 
Not so much in Norway, actually. I mean, we do have it. And I, I guess maybe the Germans are even better at it, but I just love the English Christmas markets. Plus, for the last six years, I've also not been living in Scandinavia. I've been living in Malta, which uh, doesn't get any snow. I think it's snowed two or three times since World War II. So uh, it, it's something, <laughs> yeah. So it's something special to, you know, go to a country with snow and uh, experience some extra, you know, winter thrills that way. Actually, um, where I'm, I'm from Edinburgh and um, I live in London now, but we have a Christmas market and we actually call it the German Christmas market. I thought I might also just put it out there that I definitely don't associate Christmas with snow except to the movies because it's Christmas time in Australia. It is, of course, summer. And for us here in Malta, it's, uh, well, it, it is winter, but the uh, winter in Malta essentially means spring everywhere else. Everything becomes green and alive. Yeah, we, we get snow on Christmas sometimes, but it's definitely not automatic. However, I've done Christmas in the mountains, in the Alps, and that really is a kind of special mood that is very, very fun, very cozy. Oh, and just to add, I've actually been to the Christmas market Adam is talking about uh, in Edinburgh uh, a couple of times. It's uh, so massive and really beautiful. Tying into that, what gets you into the Christmas mood? I guess you don't get much of a choice, do you? Uh, the towns are all decorated and stuff like that. So way before you are in the mood. So I guess it kind of gradually comes. And again, for me, it's whenever I see my family. Again, it's just really about that for me. So Christmas for me has only really been something that I've celebrated through the movies I've watched. It's probably when an interesting horror-themed uh, Christmas movie starts to get advertisers coming out. Or if Christmas-themed um, horror movies start getting dropped on Netflix, that will certainly put me in the mood for some more Christmas-themed movies. I guess uh, Christmas music gets me in the mood, first of all. And again, when I say Christmas music, I mean like pop music and stuff, not traditional music. In terms of Christmas films on Netflix, there tends to be absolutely terrible ones, like TV movies, uh, maybe occasionally a good one, but I tend to avoid those films on Netflix, to be honest. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I already uh, spoiled it by saying, you know, I pretty much kick off the Christmas season by going to uh, Cumbria and Scotland in uh, early December and just getting into the Christmas share there, especially listening to Smooth FM, which always plays the big Christmas songs all throughout the season. And in Malta too, it's just decorating the tree and seeing, you know, the limestone buildings all get the decoration set up. And as Malta isn't a snowy country, you can tell some people go over the top as well. And that's uh, quite lovely to see. <laughs> and, and sometimes a little bit frightening as well. And part of getting into the Christmas spirit too is just getting a whole lot of Christmas movies uh, ready and seeing them uh, with my wife. I always have a decent amount. So how important are Christmas movies to you? Do you spend the season or the time leading up to Christmas watching a lot of Christmas movies? Or, or, or for souls, since you don't celebrate Christmas, do you watch Christmas movies in December or is it just any time of the year? Since we have a bit of a split here, because I think Sol and I are not that into stuff like that. Though I, I guess Sol might, might watch Christmas movies. I don't really. There are films that air every Christmas in France, definitely, and we can talk about that, but I don't particularly uh, adjust my film watching to the season. I would probably watch more Christmas movies in December, but mainly because of availability and things being released at that time. But when I talk about Christmas movies, I don't mean uh, stuff like Love Actually or It's a Wonderful Life. I mean films that try and do something different with Christmas. So growing up in a non-Christian household and never actually celebrating Christmas, it's something that has always fascinated me and films that try and dispel Christmas myths and try and dispel some of the mythology around Santa, I find extremely interesting and the horror genre of course does that very well with some of the variations on what Santa can be and is dressing up as Santa and so on, but there have also been some really good thrillers and, of course, some action movies also over the time that have done some different things and presented a Christmas 
themed movie that's not all about just goodwill for all and actually plays into some <laughs> other stuff beyond just yeah beyond just our families getting together and being merry together yeah well my my one tradition really is uh watching the snowman uh a british animated short i reckon every year of my life oh. since i can remember uh i've watched it normally on i think it's normally shown on channel four on christmas eve um, but if I miss it, I have the DVD as well and I watch it on Christmas Day. Once I get back to Edinburgh, I watch stuff on TV with my family. Whereas when I'm in London, I normally watch stuff on my laptop, so I don't watch anything in London. But yeah, the snowman, it's been quite divisive on the on the forum. I know Lauren hates it, oh. for example. <laughs> but it's more, of a, it's more of a nostalgia. It's a nostalgia thing for me since, you know, like when I was like five years old, I was watching it. So every single year since then, I've watched it. And I think you can't really understate how important the snowman is in the in all of the UK either, to be honest. I mean, snowman memorabilia is everywhere. You get the pajamas as tea sets, no matter what you can imagine. It's it's there, you know. It's uh it's it's so interesting that one short, I believe it's around 20 minutes, can have that kind of impact about 40 years on. And just for me personally, I can just tell you that we play the, the snowman music like every single Christmas. It's uh, it's such a great song, even though I'm not as in love with the film. I, I, in fact, I heard a song so many times before I even watched it, that when I did, I almost just went, well, th that was that was it because I had you know expectations that it was really going to be something completely monumental but I think the animation style is great I think the emotion there is great it's a very sweet short so I can understand why it's held up uh, the way it is yeah and it's kind of tradition um that channel 4 they show they show it every single year so it's not just me searching it out they just show it. There's a couple of animated. There's actually a sequel to it now, but it's not. It's not the same. And I guess generally British TV does a lot with Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. There's 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 endless Christmas films on TV and TV shows too. I know that Doctor Who does a Christmas or did at least several Christmas episodes, and I think a lot of TV shows do it, right? Yeah, there's there's tons and tons of Christmas specials. Like even in the Office, the Office had a Christmas special, the original British one. I would say there must be thousands, hundreds of thousands of shows that have done Christmas specials in the UK. So it's very, it's a very big deal. Let's not forget about the, essentially every single sitcom in history. I mean, I know, I know that uh, I've had lots of Only Fools and Horses uh, Christmas episodes. So it's uh, like the, the way that British sitcoms and essentially any show do these Christmas specials. It's really interesting i think every single one do it e even shows that end continue to do christmas specials afterwards yeah and i would say what i said at the start about being an atheist but being a big christmas person that kind of ties in because if you watch the if you watch the christmas specials they don't really tend to be about religion at all it's much more they just happen to do a christmas special family coming together um but yeah the, the uk is not is not a very religious country at all anymore so it's more about comedy, kind of Christmas specials, that kind of thing. And I'm not sure if any of your countries do this, but Norway has a bit of a tradition that seems a little bit odd in other countries, never mention it, which is that we do Christmas calendars, which is to say TV shows made specifically for Christmas. And as Norway changed the date of Christmas because of, well, we were heathen and essentially just mixed together into one big great tradition uh, back a thousand years ago there's 24 episodes so essentially you have all of the major channels producing these 24 episode shows the last one always airing on uh, yule which is uh, on december 24th each essentially you open one little door every single day and some of these become classics and they return year after year after year so essentially you have these cycles of shows being shown Maybe not every year, but every other year, every third year, and then they mix them up. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a different and uh, special experience. And some of them are even for adults, though most are for children. I guess French TV doesn't go all out uh, with Christmas. They air a lot of Christmas-themed movies, and there's one especially that I think I'll mention later. And they just generally air popular movies. But TV shows and stuff like that, and even the, what you mentioned with the advent calendar, we don't really do that. 
Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention here with these uh, Christmas specials is that, not even specials, uh, calendars, is that most of them tend to tie in with different things than what you might expect, which is why Norwegian Christmas is so special, because we bring in a lot of traditional Nordic mythology into the season, which is very different from... Uh, how Christmas is mentioned elsewhere, including is, is changing Santa's entire origins and species, uh, because we have this weird tradition of Nisir. Nisir are essentially these gnomes, these magical spirits, which are kind of humanoid, but much smaller, that, for instance, will live in farms, they can live in your attic, they can live anywhere, essentially. And our mythology is that Santa Claus is just one of these Nisid, but he's much larger and more powerful. And because of this, all of these smaller Nisid, these mythological species, is just brought in all throughout our uh, Christmas traditions and our Christmas movies, etc. To the point that, if I recall correctly, uh, the biggest crossing film, or uh, essentially tying with uh, James Cameron's Avatar, was literally a show about the, the, the Nisid at a place called Blue Mountain, which was actually adopted again from one of our Christmas calendars. We literally had a Christmas calendar going into the big screen and becoming this massive blockbuster. And the basic plot is these Nisid, they live in the mountain, and if they stay out into the night, they turn to stone, they die. But that's it. It's it's terror, it's kind of terrible. But this is kind of this children tradition that uh, we create movies about. So, so it's interesting just how these very mythological creatures just got completely merged with Christmas for us. It's quite interesting, uh, the Scandinavian takes on Christmas and how different it is. The Christmas horror films that I have seen is Rare Exports, which is a Finnish film about Santa Claus as being sort of monsters and not the Coca-Cola Santa Claus, as the kids in the film describe it. I don't think that's a particularly great film. It's one of those where the concept, or at least for somebody like me who's not Scandinavian, the concept was really intriguing. The execution left me wanting a little bit, but it definitely showcases how different Christmas is in certain parts of the world. I guess it uh, it means something about France that our most popular Christmas film is one that is deeply satirical and completely making fun of the you know the whole wholesome aspect of Christmas. It's called Le Père Noël est une ordure, or Santa Claus is a stinker, is the English name, which stinker is, I think, a little, uh, a little nicer than ordure, but fine, it's an okay translation. And anyway, it's this, it was a play first, and it's massively popular, it was in the 70s, and it's about these people who work for a suicide hotline, and they're very depressed and very bad people, and it, yeah, it's, it's all about undermining the whole idea of Christmas being a a good time of the year. And yeah, but most popular thing, it's on TV every year on multiple channels around Christmas. Just to add to that, the snowman, which is on TV every year in the UK, is not some kind of happy Christmas film either. You know, it's actually very sad. So it is a very sad kind of film with a sad ending. It's not, uh, it's not a happy Christmas film either. And I was also interested in if anyone has watched a short called, I think it's Dinner for One, because I remember it was on the top 50 list at some point. And it's a very strange one where it's a British short, but in Britain it's basically unknown. And for some reason it gets played every year in a bunch of European countries. I watched it a few years ago because of ICM and like I hated it. I thought it was absolutely terrible. So I'm just, I, it was, I, I read a comment earlier today actually where someone said there's a reason it's not known in Britain. <laughs> and basically, yeah, I really hated it. So I found it fascinating that a British short is unknown in Britain is like a tradition oh. from the European countries. I, I, Never heard I, of it. Wow, okay. Well, it, it's called different things. Um, I think in Norway, it's not a Christmas uh, short. It's a New Year short. Uh, yeah, so I, I, mean, meant, I meant New Year, sorry. It's oh, just yeah. kind of linked to Christmas, kind of, you know, just a few days later. I, I think the funniest fact about this uh, uh, short film is that it's actually not British. It's uh, German, but shot with British actors in Germany. Because... Uh, 
the lead refused to speak in German because he hated Germans. <laughs> it's because of World That's War II. It's just this, this really bizarre, bizarre backstory. Um, now I, I have to be honest, somehow I have not seen it, but I know my family watched it every single year. I know my grandparents especially watched it every single year. It's shown on TV every single year. I, I guess I need to see it this year. Somehow I haven't, but it, it's just... It's shown on repeat. And I also know that in Germany, it's usually shown seven, eight, nine, ten plus times on the same day, just to make sure that every single person gets to see it. That's funny because I actually grew up or spent part of my childhood, five years, in Germany. I've never heard of this, though granted we were a French family, so we were not necessarily watching that many uh, German things. But yeah, completely unknown to me. Apparently, this is one of the very few things that are shown out of respect for the main actor who hated Germans on German TV without being dubbed. So they show it in English out of respect for the guy who hated Germany. But, but, but tying back to uh, what you about France, Mathieu, big French uh, Christmas movies I was thinking about was uh, the classic Who Killed Santa Claus, where they literally, well, kill uh, Santa Claus uh, character <laughs> and, and also a film I haven't seen but I've had on my shelf for about 10 years and I mean to see it every single Christmas which is A Christmas Tale with uh, Catherine Deneuve so it's uh, you, you seem to really like the morbid part of Christmas yeah definitely I actually don't know uh, who killed Santa Claus but I've heard of the, the other one though I haven't seen it uh, I, th I think we do have it's like everything, because Christmas for us is seen as this very American thing, even though it is a Christian thing. You know, the way Christmas is celebrated with Santa Claus and all of that is seen as very American. And we have this, you know, love-hate relationship with American culture in general. So it's kind of a way to take part in it while also feeling superior to it, which we always love. <laughs> uh, we, we do also have more like a straightforward um, Christmas film. I think like Joyeux Noël is a big one, the war film, World War One film about the Christmas truce. Oh yeah, Fifth. Which is, you know, very much in a more traditional spirit of Christmas. Yeah, I think what's interesting there what you're saying about associations to America, because in Norway we have none of that. Now that might just be because Norwegian Christmas is so different. I mentioned earlier that we merged it with so many uh, traditional Norwegian mythologies. Then the other part of it, which, uh, which I didn't mention, is that Christmas is not just Christmas. It's entire new season, which uh, spa essentially spans from the 1st of December until the 13th of January. Uh, which is the 20th day Yule. So uh, it's just this long, long period with lots of different uh, tradition in them. And one thing that you guys probably call carol singers is essentially merged with Halloween in Norway, where little children dress up as Nisir, and we call it uh, essentially translated to Yule Goat. And what's funny here is where the tradition started and where it ended up because it actually starts with a literal goat. It's from paganism, where uh, to celebrate Yule, back in the day before the Christians came, our ancestors would chop off the head of a goat and then walk from farm to farm, showing them the head of the goat. And I'm not sure how that was polite, or what they got out of it, or what kind of shit-chat they were having, but essentially they would go to the house, they would pull off the head of the goat, and then they would go on the merry way. And uh, today, uh, it's children dressing up as Nisir and uh, getting healthy snacks. Uh, and so that's how that tradition ended up and is how it became a central part of uh, Yule and Christmas today. But it's just another example of how some really weird stuff survived into our Christmas traditions. And on that note, I'm really shocked and surprised there aren't more Norwegian Christmas horror movies because we have so much material. Yeah, I would I would love to see more uh, horror movies uh, set around Christmas or about Santa from Norway, Finland, um, Sweden, from that area of the world. In Australia, we don't have that many Christmas movies. I just did a quick check because I haven't actually seen any. Uh, there's uh, Bush Christmas, the uh, 40s classic, and the 80s version with Nicole Kidman, which I haven't seen. Otherwise, Christmas in the movies doesn't seem to really be a big thing in Australia. I guess kind of because we can't really reflect that whole wintry Christmas feel that would sort of make the that sort of film sell internationally. 
And because it is helped to mention more about our Christmas calendar. We've had some for adults as well. Uh, I think the most extreme one was our parody of Big Brother called uh, Nisid at the Barn, which was essentially about people dressing up as Nisid and being in a barn for 24 days and doing all of the same stuff that in Big Brother, except it was all acted out. And uh, one particular classic, which is technically a remake of a Danish classic as well, called De Julekalender. It's one that is really popular in Norway. It's from the 90s. And essentially, it's about Nisir versus demons. So it's about the three Nisir who try to save the, the old Santa Claus. They fly into Norway, crash, and then they try to fix their plane while a demon is coming to kill them. So, and we see this every single year. And there's some very juvenile and uh, various kind of weird antics in there. But th this is the kind of stuff we put on year after year after year and just lives on in the popular culture. Uh, are, are there any... Christmas movies or Christmas shows or anything else that you think would be pricing to hear about from your countries? Are there any uh, Christmas films, Christmas shows, or just general Christmas traditions around films and shows that you think you would find very surprising from uh, your countries? One thing is they just, they just show popular movies on Christmas. So films have become associated with Christmas that have nothing to do with it, like uh, La Grande Vadrouille, the um, I don't remember the English title, but it's one of those classic uh, Louis Funès Beauville comedies from the 60s. It's immensely popular, and so they started showing it around Christmas for no other reason, just people like it. So somehow it's associated with Christmas, even though it's a story about, uh, you know, people during the World War II and nothing to do with it. And another one, which is a little more related, is uh, Les Bronzés Font du Ski, so French Fried Vacation 2, I think, in English. And so that's a sequel about a bunch of young people uh, and they're going skiing. So it is winter themed and it's also very popular and also shown a lot in this period on TV. But I guess I, I, we don't have anything as weird as Norway. Sorry. Australia also doesn't have anything as weird as Norway, but I guess I might be able to chuck another country in there. So Mexico has got a film called Santa Claus. It's on the 366 weird movies list, and it is a very weird film about three kids teaming up with the devil in order to stop Santa Claus, and the devil sort of looks like him from the Powerpuff Girls. It's a very strange movie. It's from 1950s or 1960s, so fairly old, but still very uh, interesting and very unusual. So I can't offer anything from Australia, but I've seen some weird Christmas movies from around the world. I mean, I think a weird and disturbing tradition in the UK at Christmas is a Queen's speech. Okay, I'm not saying disturbing, wait, I'll start again. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I think uh, I've watched none of them, so I don't actually know what they're about. But every single year, I had imagined millions of people tune in. I remember my grandmother, uh, she used to watch it every single year. She died a few years ago. So I think, when I was a kid and I used to go to my grandmother's house for Christmas, I think I got exposed to things like the Queen's Speech, things like that, which have maybe died out a little bit among young people. But I think the Queen's Speech is a bit of a kind of unusual tradition. feels like something from the past that somehow kind of lingers on, despite it not being that relevant. At least this is just my perspective. Lots of people probably love it. Well, actually, we do that too with the King's Speech. Description Adam just generally seems to describe the Queen in general, but uh, we yes. also have we also have the President uh, giving a, giving a, a thing, but it's on New Year's actually, and I think only old people watch it. Well, old people and political journalists, but I think that's it. <laughs> Does the King get killed in in the Norwegian speech or something, Chris? Since no, you're no, the horror, no. that'd be an interesting no. question. Every year, does it? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not promoting killing monarchy, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, think you came up, I think you came up with an interesting plot for a movie, but... Well, we should do that, but... <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> Another thing I think is really interesting with Christmas, because we, talk, we talked a little bit about Dinner for One, which is obviously a uh, German film in English, which is shown across the world in so many different countries. Are there a lot of 
let's say, foreign imports, not in English in your countries, that have somehow survived into the uh, into this this fabric of Christmas, though perhaps in a dubbed version? I would say no. I mean, I think we don't really have a lot of foreign films or programs as part of the TV schedule. So I would say no. It's very English-centric. Yeah, that's a no for me also. The Christmas movies that get shown on TV around here are things like Love Actually, the Home Alone films, Die Hard. It's not really the um, international market. It doesn't really get covered that much. Yes, same here. I, I can't think of one. It's mostly the French films I mentioned and stuff like Assault mentioned, uh, Love Actually, and other American films. Uh, I can't think of any non-English, non-French one. That that's really interesting, though. I, I I guess it's a bit weird as well because in Norway, our favorite Christmas film it's not the Christmas film, and it's Czech. <laughs> it's the Three Wishes for Cinderella, which at least is set in uh, snowy surroundings. And uh, this film from 1973, still I believe in its original Norwegian dub. We don't really dub films in Norway, but this one is, and it's really just sealed itself into the Norwegian fabric completely. We do have a couple of traditional Norwegian films as well, but another one that's shown every Christmas is a Romanian film with uh, the Bolshoi Theater called uh, Mama, which uh, <laughs> which uh, is a musical uh, about, I think in Norwegian we call it Rock and Roll Wolf. <laughs> so it, it's just weird. Uh, again, like, it, maybe it's more common in smaller countries uh, up in the north uh, to just get some imports from the old Eastern Bloc, but it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting all the same. I actually have seen Mama or A Rock and Roll Wolf. It's a film that was recommended on the forum by Albajos, one of our Norwegian posters. And yeah, it's a really weird and strange and out there film because it's a bit of a musical there. It's got some really creative costumes in there and sets. And I really enjoyed it. But um, it is definitely a really unusual film. But it was available on YouTube at least last time I searched for it. And I was like, yeah, I haven't seen anything like this. It was a bit fun to watch. So, having gone through a lot of the traditions and what we see on TV, etc., uh, what is the best Christmas film of all time? What, what are your favorites? Are there any you watch every single year? And are your favorites the ones that are actually shown on TV, or are they uh, more personal discoveries? I guess it depends on your definition of a Christmas film. If we're like looking at the very traditional, wholesome uh, Christmas film, I do like It's a Wonderful Life a lot. It's not well known at all in France outside of cinephile circles. But yeah, it's a film I do enjoy a lot. I think it's Jimmy Stewart is great. And yeah, it's not as corny as it sounds also, which I think modern Christmas films have kind of learned the wrong, the wrong lessons from it. But anyway, if we're looking further though, I think it's probably Gremlins. Uh, I like the way it kind of parodies Christmas films and even more with the sequel. But I am thinking of the first one because the first one... But I don't, I don't even know if the second one takes place on Christmas. Yeah, I think it does. But the first one feels more Christmassy. And it's very funny. And I love the score by uh, Jay Goldsmith, I think. But anyway, yeah, it, it's probably Gremlins for me. But the last one I do want to mention is, I guess, the first few episodes of Fanny and Alexander. It's actually the closest I've seen to what Christmas is for me represented on screen. I mean... We're not like that because I'm not in a family of actors and stuff like that, but I'm in a big family. And so it feels very familiar, this just general feeling of those first two episodes or those that first hour of the film. So I guess that's also worth a mention for me. And it's a film I do love, even though it's just a small part, which is Christmas. I have actually heard that mention about Fanny and Alexander before. I've actually got a friend, even, who was shocked that I re-watched uh, Fanny Alexander and it wasn't in December because he sees it as a Christmas movie. And I've had people describe it like that over the years. It does definitely open with Christmas because it's put all the family together and it sort of sets up those family bonds which get tested, I guess, throughout the course of the film. Uh, yeah, I'd say overall, I don't really view it as a Christmas movie. I view it as, you know, a personal identity study about Alexander becoming his own person. But I've talked a bit about Fanny Alexander already in the Favourite Movies podcast. Uh, it's an interesting one to uh, bring up. In terms of my own favourite Christmas movies, I'll try to keep it brief because I have come up with a few. 
like I mentioned earlier on, I like Christmas movies that sort of push the envelope and look at Christmas beyond the myth and beyond tradition. So one of the films I'd like to mention is a horror film called You Better Watch Out. It's sometimes called Christmas Evil. It's a film from 1980. It's about a guy who becomes obsessed with the idea that he's Santa Claus and he has to punish people who are naughty. Um, film doesn't really pick up until its second half. Uh, but in the second half, he wears a red suit. He goes around uh, driving his van like a sleigh, uh, squeezing down chimneys and uh, just uh, killing various people. And the best scene in that is that there's a whole lot of kids who gather around the uh, serial killer in the Christmas suit and try to protect him because they all think he's a real Santa and they don't want their parents or whatever to be killing the actual Santa Claus. I think that's an extremely interesting take on Christmas. Uh, even films like The Silent Partner, the Canadian film from 1978 with Christopher Plummer in it, where he does a bank robbery wearing a Santa suit, and then you have this uh, great scene of him running around the uh, shopping mall and running out his gun and shooting various people while dressed up as Santa. It's just a really interesting way of dealing with the myth. It's also hard to talk about Christmas movies without going by this Silent Night, Deadly Night films which are about a guy who witnessed um, somebody in a Santa suit brutally murdering his parents, and his employer gets him to dress up as Santa. That sort of, like, tricks something in his head, and he becomes, you know, a bit of a serial killer. And there's some interesting parts in there, like um, some parents' comment. He sure knows how to handle kids, uh, looking at this girl like sitting on his lap uh, that's because he just threatened the girl so he like got her into submission uh, silent night deadly P night part two is probably the more notorious of the films because that's a really highly comedic take on the whole idea it's got the whole garbage day uh for anybody who's watched it and just the uh, character in that uh, who starts thinking he's Santa Claus and starts walking about and going about like hissing, going naughty, naughty and punishing people. It's just a really great take on the concept. And I did say I'd keep it brief, but I probably also want to mention a film called Better Watch Out. So not you better watch out, but another one called Better Watch Out from 2016. It's a home invasion thriller set during Christmas time. I don't want to say any more about it because there's a few twists and turns in there, but it's a very interesting film that I would love to rewatch at some stage. Yeah, I don't have that much to contribute to this question. I think I like I like the old black and white traditional kind of Christmas movies, and then most of the other ones I like is kind of nostalgia. So ones from the eighties and nineties, like Home Alone, Die Hard, uh, that kind of those kind of films. And as I said, this one is my favourite, and it's the only one I watch all the time. I mean, every year, not all the time. Yeah, Die Hard's a great Christmas film. It's a great Christmas film because it's not really about Christmas, so I guess from that point of view, I find it really interesting. It is sort of about family coming together, but in a very different sort of way, so a bit of a different play on the Christmas myth. Yeah, I think in general, the less Christmassy a Christmas film is, the more likely it is to be good. <laughs> That's, that's probably a fair point. I mean, Die Hard is a great film that takes place on Christmas. I, I hope Die Hard as well, but <laughs> I guess I don't know. It depends how you define Christmas film. It feels a bit of a cheat to me, but uh, I mean, fine. No, no, I can see that. And I think it's funny too that Christmas films aren't really about Christmas either. They've just, like you said, kind of been merged with the traditions. So we do have two kinds of Christmas films. You have the ones you watch at Christmas and you have the ones about Christmas. And then I guess you also have, like you said, those just happen to in some way have Christmas in them. Though, Die Hard has, without any doubt, cemented itself as a Christmas movie, complete with Santa hats and, and explosions. I think that, that debate is, is kind of over already, uh, in the sense that there used to be just so much ritual about whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie or not, but now it's just shown on Christmas as a rule. So I, I don't I think that debate is indeed over, and the Christmas angle won. I might just also give a quick shout out to Eyes Wide Shut as a Christmas movie. It's set <laughs> around Christmas time. I know it sounds a bit funny, but it is, again, another subversion of, you know, mm -hmm. family values and getting together at Christmas and sort of being careful what you wish for and 
Yeah, I mean, you can sort of like view it like that. And with the uh, long night walks that uh, Tom Cruise has, the mysteries that he comes by, it's sort of like that little kid or whatever trying to unwrap his presents or trying to work out if there really is a Santa Claus or not. Like Tom Cruise is also trying to work out some of this mythology, and it's just some really great shots of just wandering the uh, streets at night and outside the uh, costume store. I don't know, I don't know, it's not something I watch every Christmas, but it was definitely uh, one person on the classic film board on IMDb who would watch that every single Christmas, which well, was a lot of dedication, wow. but it is a great film. <laughs> it is, I just never thought of it as a Christmas movie. You know, going through all of the big Christmas lists, you find there's so many odd additions. Like, I've completely forgotten The Apartment uh, by Billy Wilder uh, takes place around Christmas as well. So there's a lot of films that have some kind of tie-in. Um, but for me, and I think this is odd, and ties a little bit with what Adam was talking about too, it's really the classic uh, Christmas movies or the films that aren't really about Christmas that uh, win out for me. So if uh, I was going to say what the greatest Christmas movie of all time is, I would probably go with It's a Wonderful Life. I, I don't love that film as much as I used to, but I do think it manages to capture a sense of wonder. And I think it also goes so much beyond Christmas and, of course, just painting this big picture of Jimmy Stewart's character and the life there and just building up so much uh, emotion and even mythology here, um, which, which just worked so incredibly well. And then you also have all of these other classics like Miracle on 34th Street. And it's odd if we don't really get that many great or strong Christmas movies anymore. I think that when we see the Christmas movies coming out year after year after year, few of them really stick around. I think the most recent one that I love, and again, I don't really get the Christmas feeling from it, even though it's essentially all about Christmas, it's a nightmare before Christmas, which is not directed by Tim Burton, but of course fits into his entire animated style. And it, it's such a great experience uh, to view the film. It's just done so incredibly well. And though the tie in with Halloween and the fact that so much of it is not uh, real, doesn't really have a Christmas setting, doesn't really make it feel like a Christmas movie for me, even though, again, that is really all it is. Yeah, for Christmas is an interesting one because in some ways it's a Halloween movie, but Christmas is really super important to the film. I mean, it's the whole thing is he aspires for Christmas. So it's kind of a, an edge case, I guess, and kind of one that goes against the idea that the more your film focuses on Christmas, the worse it is. Because I think that's generally true. Uh, like It's a Wonderful Life is not that focused on Christmas. It's an important part of it, but it's not central. Exactly. And of course, Tim Burton even did Edward Scissorhands set around Christmas uh, doesn't really tie into Christmas that directly and uh, that always also works as a setting. Batman Returns too. Oh yeah, of course, yes. I think for me, a lot of the black and white older films had very great acting and very great stories. And there's a weird kind of move, I think, in the last few years towards Christmas films seem to have to be romance films, very tacky, kind of soppy storylines. So in general, I try and avoid the modern ones like Love Actually, things like that don't appeal to me at all. One recent one I quite liked was Klaus on Netflix. I think it was from last year. Oh, yes. That was surprisingly good, I thought. But I do, apparently Soul hates it. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I actually quite like that one. But I do think if you go on Netflix and look up Christmas, okay, everyone hates Klaus. I liked it, right? Um, I like Cloud too, though. Uh, I don't hate yeah, it. I don't hate yeah. it. Yeah, people are writing comments while I'm speaking, so in case anyone thinks I'm going crazy and responding to myself. <laughs> um, but I do think like, if you look on Netflix there, and you look up Christmas films, there are just mm. endless, awful-looking films, TV oh, movies, yes. exact same ones, and that kind of thing puts me off. And I do think there's a weird kind of romance Christmas genre that's formed, at least since Netflix started, which I avoid at all costs. Well, yeah, it's become a, a cottage industry. I think it's Hallmark, the, the channel on the US, that I think started doing a lot of these very cheap TV movies. And somehow they got popular. I guess some people crave that. And I think Netflix just thought, oh, well, we can do that. And they went in. But yeah, I don't think anyone thinks these are good I think some people, the people, even the people who enjoy them, 
Yeah, that's true. I think they're just kind of the exact same film over and over again, and people just watch them on the, in the Christmas holidays. I thought I should just clarify that I don't hate Klaus. I did think it was a film that didn't live up to its potential. I liked some of the ideas, how it explored how some of the science of mythology has come about, things like the naughty list, the nice list, the idea of Santa watching was all really interesting. But then the film really was playing up the cutesy element, and oh, yes. I found the humour in general very hit and miss. But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting film, but yeah, they got like the IMDb top two hundred and fifty. I'm like, you know, oh, it's that, there. I didn't know. I know that. Yeah, I wouldn't put it in the top two hundred and fifty or anything. I mean, I didn't. I don't follow the top two hundred and fifty anymore. I didn't think it was like the greatest film I've ever seen. It's just I have quite low expectations for Christmas films, and it surprised me, and in, in that I actually liked it. I just I thought it was a little bit different from the normal Christmas films I see. It is different, but not that much. <laughs> I don't hate it either. I just think it's kind of a succession of attempts to explain stuff about Christmas, and there's not... Like, I don't think the core emotional beats really work, but the animation is nice. Oh, yeah, the animation is beautiful in it. I think that's what I like the most. I, I think... Uh, what Saul talked about, what weights potential is completely true. It's such a beautiful film. It it feels really pleasant. It has some emotional elements, but then it really plays up the cutesy elements and just becomes a fairly good to okay film. But like it, all the potential is there, and it's definitely one of the better Christmas films we've had the last few years. Uh, in the spirit of Eyes Wide Shut, to get back to an earlier point, I have, a, I have thought of a few other films that are associated with Christmas without necessarily being Christmas movies. Uh, one of them is Cowan, uh, the Todd Haynes film uh, with Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. It's not, I mean, it takes place around Christmas, and I think there's just this image of um, one of the characters with a uh, Santa Claus hat, which I think was popular on the internet. And it, it is a very, a, a, both warm and cold film that I think like Eyes Wide Shut, uh, it uses Christmas for other purposes, which I think is interesting. Another one uh, is the line in, in winter. Uh, if you want like dysfunctional families uh, at Christmas, I don't know how historically accurate it is to be offering gifts in 14th century France, but it's kind of funny that you know they have the, the, the most dysfunctional family possible uh, gathering at Christmas in that movie. Oh, oh, and for other films that the time of Christmas didn't Lethal Weapon do that too? And uh, another film uh, written by Shane Black and also directed by him, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which obviously has you know the Christmas spirit all around them while they're doing this really uh, semi-satirical, bizarre neo-noir. So it's uh, Christmas ties in everywhere, really. Yeah, the nice guys too. Shane Black is kind of obsessed with it, apparently. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about that. Uh, one thing we didn't uh, bring up, and it might be just because we all have a strong bias against musicals, I don't know. Uh, obviously, Mama is, uh, is a musical. But th there are so many Christmas musicals that are around. And while I'm not really a big musical fan, it's probably one of the genres I have the least favorite from. I, I will actually give a complete pass to White Christmas, which I just find... Uh, Trying to find the correct word here. I mean, it was going to go with charming, but it's just a great experience. It has all great Christmas songs. It brings in uh, the Christmas share in the most traditional and stereotypically wholesome way. I haven't actually seen White Christmas. I know it's one of those classics, but never grew up watching it. And I guess when I want to complete one of the official lists, I guess I'll eventually get around to it. In terms of Christmas musicals, I am quite partial to Meet Me in St. Louis. I thought that was a very well done film with some really great performances in there, especially from the uh, young girls in the family and Margaret O'Brien. And it has got some very classic Christmas tunes that are good tunes without being too corny. I actually don't think I've seen any uh, Christmas musicals. I don't have anything against musicals. I don't. I just haven't seen that many. I'm a little worried that. I guess Christmas and musicals, that's a lot together. I mean, it's kind of the both going in the same direction, maybe too much. I don't know. But I should probably see at least Meet Me in St. Louis. Well, I guess that's why they fit a little bit as well, because they go so well together. I think we need to do a musicals podcast in 2021. Oh, there. <laughs> yeah. Let's try and get us we'll, let, Yeah, let, let's, let's just do that. Let's just do that. There's a couple of other things I want to bring up. So we 
I want to get your opinion on this idea of just remaking the same baseline stories over and over and over again. And I think for Christmas, there's one story in particular that seems to keep being redone and uh, done in every which way, which is a Christmas Carol, uh, sometimes also called Scrooge. Uh, once even with Disney, with Scrooge McDuck in the lead, which was incredibly fitting and a very enjoyable. But obviously, we've seen so many big productions of A Christmas Carol, including, you know, the big animated film with Jim Carrey and the classic with uh, Alistair Sim and, and there's so many other versions. So which is your favorite uh, version of A Christmas Carol and are any of them a favorite of yours? I think the only film version I've seen is the Alistair Sim one and I did not care for it at all. I found it pretty boring. I don't know. I don't remember that much about it except disliking it. So I'm going to go with the, the Doctor Who special, which I mentioned earlier. They did a Doctor Who special that's basically a Christmas carol with a Doctor Who twist on it. And it's pretty good. I mean, it's quite good. So I'm going to go with that. I think the Alistair Sim version of Scrooge or Christmas Carol, I'm pretty sure that's the only version that I've seen of the story also. I haven't seen it recently. I thought it was all right at the time. I do recall really liking Alistair Sim's performance. But then again, I like Alistair Sim a lot as an actor, so that's not surprising. But his performance is pretty much the most potent thing or the one single thing that I actually remember about the film. Yeah, same for me. So I, I think the one I like the most is honestly the the short Disney one, which is Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, which again has uh, Scrooge as Scrooge, which is just so fitting. Yeah, I guess The Sims version is my favourite. I've also seen uh, The Muppets Christmas Carol. We used to have that on video. I haven't seen it since I was like eight years old, maybe. And I've seen the Blackadder one, which is like a really interesting twist where Blackadder starts off as being very generous. Um, giving all his money away and then he gets visited by the ghosts and he ends up by the end becoming the opposite so it's like the opposite tale which is quite interesting as well um, i actually forgot about the black hatter one so i'm going to change my vote and go with the black hatter one probably one of the uh weaker specials myself i much prefer back and forth of the um specials that black hatter did but yeah no definitely a funny one all the Black Hatter um, seasons are quite funny and amusing, and I've watched them multiple times. And just one final question for me here, really, uh, because I think we covered almost anything we can about Christmas and Christmas films. But we did that without mentioning probably some of the biggest Christmas movies ever. So, so we, we barely mentioned Love Actually in passing, but what about Home Alone? What about uh, A Christmas Story? Like There's these huge films, huge, huge films that we didn't mention. Should we take a couple of minutes to just explore why? Love Actually is a film I'm scared to talk about because I remember loving it, but I really doubt that I will love it now. I don't know. So I, I'm waiting to rewatch it at some point and have a stronger opinion. But I remember really liking it uh, like 10 years ago. So I don't know. I ha actually haven't seen Home Alone. I, I know like, apparently that's very surprising to some people. But I wasn't really um, watching movies when I was a kid. Not that much. And I guess I haven't had that much interest in it as an adult. I mean, no, I'll probably watch it at some point. But yeah. It doesn't really appeal to me. As for A Christmas Story, I have seen that one recently. I don't think it works at all as a satire, if that's what it's supposed to be, which I think it is. I don't know, it just it just completely failed for me, either as comedy or as a serious, semi-serious Christmas film. I, I wasn't even really sure what it was trying to be. Oh, that, that, that's actually my exact uh, experience with A Christmas Story too. No, I didn't hate it. I thought perfectly okay. But I, I think this ties in with what you mentioned earlier, with the fr with Christmas feeling American. Like I think A Christmas Story is probably the most American Christmas uh, movie I've ever seen. and uh, Or at least what you associate or I associate with America. And it just didn't work for, for me. Uh, as it seems to work in America, which it's often brought forth as the greatest Christmas film of all time. Yeah, I I really, really, really didn't like Love Actually. Um, I just thought it was over-the-top romantic kind of stuff. I really, 
really disliked that film. A Christmas Story, I felt like I felt like I was a foreigner watching it. It was kind of everything I don't like about the American kind of commercialized Christmas. I didn't like it at all. And Home Alone, I've seen Home Alone millions of times. It's kind of one of my childhood films. So it's quite hard to judge as an adult because all my memories of it are watching it as a kid. So Home Alone is one that I really like a lot and was one of the massive kind of films when I was growing up. But yeah, Christmas Story, I honestly just don't get it. Yeah, I, I'm glad that came up. I don't understand why that's such a massive deal at all. So if any Americans are listening, please inform us. What's the big deal? Like Adam, I grew up watching the Home Alone films. I did enjoy them more as a kid, and I watched them multiple times, and not just at Christmas time, but throughout the year. And I think they traumatized me a little bit. I've become very paranoid about people trying to break in, which I think has come from watching those films so often when I was younger. <laughs> can, we explore, can we explore that a little bit more deeply? So yes, we have to. We have to. Take a so traumatized. <laughs> I mean, from what I understand, you should be paranoid about breaking in, right? I mean... All, all, all you need to do is have a little kid there to protect you, so, and you'll be fine. Because if no, I understand what? correctly, the home invaders are the ones that really get hurt. I, I know, but, you know, it's just the idea there's always somebody lingering around your house, watching it, waiting to break in. And then if you've got a window there, you need to have people, you know, what do you have here, cardboard cutouts and little train sets going around. And you'd have things like that to convince people that somebody's home. Do you set, you know, every Christmas, do you set your house up like Macaulay Culkin did? In case someone else wants to come in. Uh, at Christmas, I stay home. I'm, I'm too scared to leave the house. Are you home alone or do you make sure you're with other people? <laughs> I actually am home alone. Well, that's, that's your first mistake. <laughs> You've learned nothing from these films, so. I bet you saw waiting on the door, on, on, behind his door with his gun. <laughs> I don't know if you have a gun, but. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, boy. Um, so, where was I? So, yeah, Home Alone films, yeah, grew up with them. I've actually, I liked it when I saw it in cinemas. It's got a script by Richard Curtis, who did Black Adder and a whole lot of other funny films. So, there's a lot of witty moments in there, but not all of the subplots are really that good. A lot of them are a bit silly and like fuddy duddy romantic, but. Definitely the Bill Nighy subplot I really like, and I think even I've rewatched the film. Really like Bill Nighy's performance in it. Uh, Emma Thompson's performance and her storyline also really good. But all the storylines, like the Kira Knightley ones, quite weak. Are actually, that good. I don't know if it's a really great film overall, but I'm never really going to diss anything by Richard Curtis. With a Christmas Story, I have seen that. Uh, not recently. It's from Bob Clark, which is interesting because he did Black Christmas, the original Canadian slasher from the 70s, which people argue is predating Halloween for the slasher craze. Not really a great film. The 2006 remake is much better. Obviously, he's got a Christmas assassinations, I guess. But uh, in terms of Bob Clark, I think I prefer the Porky's films. I know they're a little silly, but Porky's too the next day. Incredibly funny film, and something I've watched more often. I think I've seen it two or three times compared to a Christmas story, which I've just seen the one time. Yeah, for love, actually, I think I completely agree with you. So that the, the Bill Nighy segments are really nice, and Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman too. I think they do. They always have great chemistry whenever they're together, so that that works really well. But overall, it just feels so generally shoppy. There's a massive amount of plots. Most of them are badly taught out and rushed and it's really just this over symphony that tries to evoke romance and i'm not sure to what extent it, it really succeeds i think it's really just the bill nahi one where uh, it does it ends up in a slightly different way that uh, <laughs> that that worked the best for me yeah the, the bill nahi parts are also what i remember the most and I, I suspect i would still love them if i watched it i'm not sure, so sure about the rest i did like the two grand dance scene as well I mean, I think Curtis has done some great stuff like Blackadder, but then there's other stuff I don't like. I mean, I'm taking it completely off topic, but Yesterday is a film I really didn't like. And I think he has a mixture of stuff that I think is great, and then stuff that just goes way too romantic, way too kind of... I mean, you can cut all of this, but Yesterday really annoyed me because it was a really interesting concept about the Beatles 
and then the whole film was just the the Beatles part was just an excuse for a, a random romance. So some of the, some of the Curtis stuff rubs me up the wrong way, and I don't think there's any similarity between that stuff and Blackadder when he was really at his peak. Yeah, Richard Curtis is probably not quite as even a writer as I made him out to be a few minutes ago. But um, I generally like Richard Curtis. He did another good film um a few years ago with Bill Nye called About Time. Yeah, I actually quite uh, liked About Time as well. And talking about time and uh, talking about, I promise, do not just talk about Christmas films, but as a small, largely irrelevant afterthought, also talk about New Year. So uh, are there any New Year films that stand out to you? Have you even seen any New Year films? Because I really struggle to come up with any. I know a couple have been advertised, but they were slaughtered in the reviews. So are there New Year films that you like? Are there films you watch at New Year's? And uh, if not, why do you think that is? So I guess part of it is that New Year's Eve is very different. At least for us, it's more of a thing you celebrate with friends. And also no one really cares about the New Year, whereas some people do care about Christmas. But uh, the only film I can think of is When Harry Met Sally, which has a pretty key scene uh, set at a New Year's party. And it's a good one. I really like When Harry Met Sally, and that scene is really good. So I guess that's my answer. That is a great answer. I agree. I can't really think of any. In Scotland, we have a tradition where there is like TV comedy specials. Um, we actually call New Year's Eve Hogmanay. And there's a lot of different traditions in Scotland. But it's more of a TV thing. It's more, I would, I associate Hogmanay with TV specials. I can't really think of any films about New Year's Eve, to be honest. Yeah, I think Beyond the Apartment, uh, the Billy Wilder film, which got mentioned earlier on as a Christmas movie. And one I definitely think of as a New Year's movie. The only other one that immediately springs to mind is The Poseidon Adventure which has, you know, the um, whole disaster, you know, at the uh, New Year's Eve party. So that's quite an interesting take, but it's definitely not a celebrating New Year's film. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure why it is, if there's a reason why there's more Christmas than New Year's films. I don't know. It's probably something interesting that could be explored. There must be some interesting ones out there because of the whole Y2K scare. I still remember that growing up and what would happen, you know, when it clocks over to the year 2000. So surely there must be some interesting films out there. Uh, none that spring to mind immediately beyond the Poseidon Adventure and The Apartment. The one that uh, comes to mind for Y2K is a pretty medium, at, at best, thriller called Entrapment, you know, with um, Sean Connery. Yeah, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I remember liking that. Uh, as I've seen it, I can barely remember anything about it. That's probably not a good sign. But it's definitely about Y2K. I mean, Y2K definitely plays a role in it. Well, I believe I just can't remember that much about it, other than Catherine Zeta-Jones dressed up in some skimpish outfits. <laughs> um, this is completely random, but I was just saying that the Scottish word for New Year's Eve is Hogmanay, and it's only used in Scotland. And I just looked it up, and apparently it comes from a French word, Hoganan, Hoganan. <laughs> which means Gala Day. I don't know if Taprock knows anything uh, about that. I, but, I do not. But yeah, apparently it's from French origin. I just find it interesting because it's not a word used anywhere else. And also, I also wanted to mention Old Lang Syne, the song sung all over the world, another Scottish thing, just why I try and promote Scotland. Do you know Old Lang Syne? Yeah, I do know it. Yeah, that's a Scottish, a Scottish poem by Robert Burns. So it just felt like promoting Scotland for a second. But it's sung all over the world and it comes from Scotland with just 5 million people, like lots of other things there. I do know it, but it's not at all about Christmas here. The, you know, the, the lyrics are different in French and it's, it has nothing to do with Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's a New Year song here. It's not... Um, it's oh, not on New Year's, I mean... Yeah. On New Year's. It's, well, it's just, I mean... Okay, maybe we can do a Scottish uh, poetry yeah. cast next time. Oh, we, we need a Scottish podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, because the Scottish film industry yeah. is not... It's not that amazing, actually, but I would love to see a Scottish podcast, yeah. Great idea. We just spent half of it talking about train spotting. <laughs> there is much more to it than train spotting. Not, not much more, I'm actually. sure, I'm sure. There's not a lot of great Scottish films, but they're really fun. <laughs> as long as we don't spend the whole time talking about Braveheart, obviously, which is not that... Oh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> With the American lead. Braveheart podcast, everyone. 
Mm. I'll need to actually see Braveheart if we did that. We talked about it a bit on the Oscars podcast, actually. Yeah, that was one of those big gaps for me for a reason. <laughs> uh, and of course, there was that one film like a decade ago called New Year's Eve with a bunch of, uh, I guess, higher tier Billy celebrities. Uh, that tried to make a uh, ruckus at New Year's, but that, I think that was really the last <laughs> actual example. Though, on Old Lang Syne, that song is played in so many films, so at least New Year's has this slight presence. I think the only thing that's a little bit special with New Year's, for me with films, is that I occasionally try to pick a fitting final film uh, for the year. Uh, do you guys do that as well? No. Uh, I love the uh, one-word response for that. Uh, I try and find a fitting film at the end of the year. Probably not. It's just whatever coincides with the official challenges on the ICM forum. I do, for the first film of the year, I always try and start off with a good film or an acclaimed classic that I haven't seen or something that I want to see. And no, we shouldn't cut out the no, because I think just the bluntness of that's really great. Oh, yes. I agree. Yeah, but no, I think uh, end of the year for me, it's just whatever I can fit in before guests come over for New Year's Eve and try to watch that last film for the official challenge to get that last point before the New Year's Eve celebrations. And then I'm just trying to work out what would be a great classic, which I haven't seen, to be my first uh, film viewing in the next year. So for me, I'm looking at what Latin American or sci-fi films or films from the 1,000 under 400 list, what are those could I make to be my first viewing in 2021? Uh, I think I'm with Adam on this one. I just don't really adjust what I watch depending on the time of year. We'll, we'll wait until you get addicted to challenges, then you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Yeah. Tom. laughs> But yeah, I guess, that's, uh, I guess time is a little bit nice to end the year on a potentially high note, or uh, just as Sol uh, likes to start the year on a high note. I try to do both actually just to make it a little bit more special though sometimes you can't because the new year party somehow introduces uh, a film especially if it's with the uh, family and not something more festive so i think we've gone through everything we need to go through we've tied it all in for new years it was mentioned if we did not lie and did you get a check from the New Year's Association or something? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're all part of this new movement to promote New Year's movies. So if any aspiring filmmakers out there really want to get in on that completely open market and fill in the post-Christmas week with New Year films, it's shocking it's not done. The market is there for it. I'm sure people want to see it. You know, send us a check. Uh, we came up with a day, so just please send the checks here. We're, we're all for it. <laughs> I'm just not sure people care about the year. <laughs> this could easily be the first Christmas I spend without my family, so oh, happy, yes. happy COVID Christmas, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> no that's a no. serious note again. Let's give well, a that's, that's a good note to end on. Yeah. It is a good note to end on. Yeah, it's a good are, we supposed to, are we pretending this is just before Christmas that we recorded this or are we pretending? Yes. Okay, so yes, then, we definitely are. I don't know. I'm either with my family or not right now. I don't know. <laughs> no, not, not that close. Not that close. <laughs> like a week or two in advance. Well, hopefully COVID's gone by then, by some miracle. <laughs> yeah, not sure about that. Donald Trump told me it's going to be gone by then, so... <laughs> oh, well, <then> <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, living in Malta, I've been Skyping into my Norwegian family for the last five years. Much going to change there, though there won't be any big celebration down here, unfortunately. So yes, happy COVID Christmas. And New Year. Yes. Wes, happy COVIDless 2021. Oh, and, and thank you for listening as well. Join us again soon.